1: Oh what's going on everybody welcome to episode 299 of flow wrestling radio live I'm your host Christian piles joined as always by my mainest man Willie Saylor Easton PA the wrestling nomad aka Dan Lobdell aka Daniel Roy Lobdell jr. Why are you putting my whole name out there like that? Well, you, you want to offer my social security number too? No, no, I would never, I would never do that. Blood type, perhaps? O, o negative. Um, so I don't. Do you know your blood type? Yeah, of course. What is it? I'm not gonna share that information. <laughs> you do not know your blood type. Do you know yours, Willie? No, no. I don't even know if I have blood. Well, really? I'm pretty sure you have blood. Who know Who walks around knowing their blood type?
0: Yeah, I don't. Probably remember. people who need blood transfusions.
1: Yeah, those are the types. Yeah, I. No. I I have no idea. Um, okay, so <laughs> we are back after a pretty significant hiatus, to be frank. Have we have we done the show since the since the nuptials? We definitely haven't done it since the nuptials. Wow. I don't even know when did we do it. Uh, I think it was. I think did it was, we do it. Any of the final exits? I think it was right after NCAA's, right before the U.S. Open. That's how it feels, anyways. That, it's it's been a little bit. It's been very painful for me to not be able to do this show, but I was gone for for two weeks, and it just didn't work out that we could do one remotely. But I'm glad we're back. There's there's a lot to cover, but I have to start with, I mean, just the the heart-wrenching news that the um, wrestling community has gone through. And, you know, two really... Sad losses. Um, Mike DeRoe, first of all, a longtime coach at Hawkeye Wrestling Club, USA Wrestling, Cornell College, just a long coaching career. Um, you know, known well for his time on the on the international circuit. We visited Mike on the road trip. Um, Bader did an interview with him, which Mike said was going to be the you know the last interview we ever did, and you know it's just. We everyone knew the day was going to come. It was just a matter of when. Kind of with Mike's, you know, bad diagnosis, brain cancer. It wasn't going to end uh, well, with, barring a miracle. So we we knew this day was coming, and it still is just as sad. And you know, when I think about Mike DeRoe and you think about coaching and like what coaching is supposed to be, mentorship, leadership, encouraging, um, and, and you talk about coaching impact. The, you're going to be hard-pressed to find anyone in America that had an impact on par with, with Mike DeRoe in terms of true coaching impact. We're not talking about, you know, Cale Sanderson and, and Dan Gable. Yeah, they, they achieved at the highest levels in NCAA wrestling, and, and that was incredible coaching. But, you know, you look across the line, Hawkeyes, Cowboys, everyone in USA Wrestling, and, and genuine stories of... Genuine and consistent stories about who Mike DeRoe was. It's not this um, Mike, well, he'll be missed kind of thing. It's like this man helped me in such a way. that He was such an encouragement. He was such a humble guy. He was such a positive influence. He was such a dedicated coach. He would coach anyone. He was, always had the right things to say. And uh, the, the leadership he demonstrated and the trust that other coaches had in him. You know the the Brands brothers and USA Wrestling consistently um, looking to Mike to have him lead the athletes and well you know, that's
2: what that was my first experience with um, um you know he Mike was in a sort of a unique situation where he was this really excellent coach but he wasn't at a Division one program I mean the masses probably didn't know Mike as much as you know a Division one coach and um, when I first started in this in the media game i didn't i didn't wasn't 100 percent familiar with him but the first thing you noticed is that the guys that you do respect respect him right when when the brands uh brothers or the people on the usa wrestling staff um very visibly have respect for mike then you're like i was like okay this guy's good
1: yeah and you know, you, you look at the comments. It's, it's Gwizdowski, it's Logan Steber, Kyle Dake. All these guys are so pro Coach Deroe. And you know, it's it's sad to lose a guy like that. But in terms of just having an amazing impact on the sport, and you know, it reminded me just the the feedback. And you know, I I met Coach Deroe, and I I did not have a you know a, this deep relationship with him. But he was. When I met him, it was for the first time it was at a world team camp at Arizona State. and he really just he came up, he, he introduced himself, he asked about me. It was very obvious that he was you know he, he cared about people and that he wanted to know about them, and that he was you know he was encouraging to me just in like you know, a 10-minute conversation and Then always friendly. You know, I think he, you know, he remembered me when we met. And I think he was one of those guys. And, and it reminded me of how people talk about Dave Schultz. Is like everyone that kind of interacted and ran with into Dave Schultz like, man, this guy's my best friend. This guy is like truly cares about me and communicates in a, in a really effective way. And I think that's similar to how people viewed Coach DeRoe. I know Bader... Uh, and he had a, had a real strong relationship and, and many wrestlers. So um, just a really, really special guy, a guy that was fighting it to the end, a guy that, you know, he was working out in the Carver-Hawkeye wrestling right up to th- basically the day to where his body just had couldn't do anything else. I mean, just dedicated to living the lifestyle of a wrestler. And, and guys like Mike DeRoe are why I love wrestling because I think it gives you the most... Unique, amazing, driven people in the world, and, um, and still, wrestling. The wrestling world is, you know, is a little worse off without Coach DeRoe in it.
2: Still eating it up, too, right? He was, he was at the U.S. Open in Vegas. He was at uh, Final X in Lincoln front row. Um, you know, he was married, married to wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely loved it, and um, so yeah, that was obviously super sad I thought the community's response was was really cool um I got a little
0: when when we put out the um, I forget if it was the obituary itself or the one where everyone was kind of talking about and telling their stories mm-hmm. I was like uh, at this restaurant near my house just grabbing lunch and I kind of teared up a little bit yeah you know because I'm like you Christian I didn't I, I knew Coach Monroe in passing I think we met at uh, like the Pan Am Olympic qualifier or something right just kind of in pet in passing, Um, but, you know, final X road trip, we had, John Reeder was telling stories about, um, you know, the first time he went on an overseas trip with Coach DeRoe and how he was cutting weight with the guys and and just, um, you know, to to what Willie was saying, like, that's one of those guys that I respect that that really respects Coach DeRoe, and and for me, that um, doesn't say everything, but it it says a lot about what I need to know about a a guy like Coach DeRoe, and Mm -hmm. and again, every time that I had interaction with him, um, and, you know, some of the, it's really cool some of the stuff like Hawkeye Wrestling Club's been posting basically a picture of day, you know, with, with Coach Darrow and, and Cornell digging up old old stuff. Um even Northwestern found old when he was an assistant there. Yeah. So um I, I think the community is obviously very sad, but it has been um definitely celebrating the life of this this awesome man.
1: Yeah, awesome dude, ultimate impact. And coaching is the in its purest form is a selfless act where you put yourself second and the athlete first and I think no one embodied that as well as Mike DeRoe. So rest in peace Mike um, and thanks for for everything you did for wrestling and you know, it's a tough segue from one sad story to the next but maybe even a maybe even a sadder one because you talk you know, coach DeRoe and his um, You know, he had a pretty full life Uh, but Eli Stickley, you know a young guy wrestling at wisconsin a ohio state champion all around regarded as a great kid you know chris bono um you know unprompted a couple of times was talking about how excited he was for stickley coming up this year at 141 for them he's a national qualifier and he dies in a in a car crash driving to iowa city um with you know his parents were ahead of him right and they were all there together and um just I don't I don't know I can't put that into words but obviously every parent's worst nightmare is losing your son or daughter in a, kind of a senseless way maybe a preventable way with with a car crash and um, I don't know what there is to say beyond you know thoughts and prayers and what a sad sad story of Eli Stickley.
0: Yeah, Eli, um, it's tough. I I haven't I personally you know I'm. 27, and I haven't lost that many people, really super close to me that are within yeah. my age range. So I, I can't even imagine what that's like for, um, you know, his his, his sister, the, the guys he wrestled with, his, his parents, obviously. Um, and you well, know, you're he was right. going to visit his his, I believe he's going to visit his sister. Yeah, Mariah. Family.
1: Mariah is his twin right. sister, who dates Alex Marinelli. The longtime relationship right. there.
2: And she's the manager slash
1: statistician for Iowa, you know, so Ty's there. You know, Winter Graham um, is the Jordans' nephew, yes. Yeah, right? Like so, I don't know. Just a, very much a wrestling family uh, experience and horrible loss, horrible loss. So, if you're out there, drive safe as you can, everyone, and um, yeah, don't take life for granted. Really, really sad stuff. I don't know, Willie or Dan, if you have anything else, but... Got to mention or need to at least send some sort of message ab- about tragedies of that nature. Yeah, I um,
0: unfortunately never got the opportunity to meet that that young man. Um, you know, got to watch him, obviously, a few times. And uh, from all the, the messages people have been sharing, it seems like he was a pretty, pretty incredible young man with really just positive attitude.
1: So, very sad. Truly. Um, okay. We got got the sadness done. Hopefully no more sad topics. Uh, Do you want to go next? We have Fargo coming up. Still JB dropped. Um, Recruiting rules change. We could talk A versus DC real quick. I'll I'll, I'll throw it to you guys. You have a preference? I want a little chatter on DC. Yeah. Let's go because Daniel Cormier, um, other than Ben Askren, probably my favorite MMA (laughs) fighter of all time. awesome awesome dude I feel like he's not, uh, he's not
2: hard to like
1: <laughs> yeah yeah he's very easy to like sorry you know? you're, you're I mean, in, a,
2: in a in a world where professional athletes of any type or situation um, any sport you know there's a lot of there's a lot of Bad, bad apples bad characters people using steroids
1: I mean MMA in general seems like it's just a kind of a CD uh, it's a little a lot of yeah yeah I don't know and uh, DC man he's all
2: class he's articulate he's he does things the right way and he's uh, very approachable um, he talks to anybody and uh, you know as a as a wrestling alum It's like it's good to see that it's good to see his success.
0: Yeah, well, and he's still actively involved in wrestling community He's going to coach at a high school literally next year him and 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 Duran and a couple other guys in that in that camp are gonna be coaching at a high school. So he still has Direct ties the wrestling community all of his Oklahoma State uh, Teammates and and guys that he you know trained with when he was still there Go to his fights and watch him all the time like there. He obviously had an impact on them, um, that that they still want to be a partner around him that, in my opinion, probably has nothing, not nothing, but really nothing to do with his success, but more just about him as a guy. I uh, you know, wanted to celebrate him.
2: You know, I mean, you got to love Stipe, too. I yeah. mean, that, guy, that guy's still a firefighter. You know, he came up through wrestling. And going into that fight, you know, that fight, it wasn't just for – while DC to get two belts, or Stipe to solidify his position as one of the greatest all time. I mean, that was a fight where regardless of the outcome, I mean, that was for positioning
1: of the list of GOATs. Yeah, I mean, DC is right there. I mean, he is right there in terms of accomplishments and and what he's been able to do now at two divisions. I mean, his career is absolutely fantastic. And how about, I I thought it was interesting... You know, we saw what DC weighed in at. It was, it was high, like, 243? Yeah some, yeah, some, big. So, I heard, I don't know if you guys heard this uh, in this post-match interview. They're like, you were, there, there were reports that DC was knocking out a bunch of dudes in training camp. And he just, like, had this extra power by being, like, much larger. And they told him, like, not to cut any anyway. weight. Like, just stay as big as possible because he was still moving well and not getting tired. And... Man, you could see the way he drops Stipe with that right. It's like, man, something to that. And what, what a, what an amazing athlete, and what power that guy must possess. I mean, he's not aesthetically; it doesn't jump off the, jump off the screen to you. But he is just a powerhouse, an amazing athlete, wrestler, fighter, a true martial artist. And um, happy to see his success. And I, I know it was a, it was a gimmick or whatever the the Brock Lesnar thing, but. <laughs> I I love that stuff. I wish I wish wrestlers were calling dudes out from the stage and there was a little uh skirmish there. I mean, yeah, you could say it was probably stage, maybe it was, who cares. It was it was cool and I'm watching that fight.
0: Well, let's not act like MMA hasn't been for years. Right. It's a, like I saw somebody that some writer tweeted like if you follow the MMA world, just throw out the word deserve. Just remove it from your vocabulary. Yeah. Deserve, number one contender, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's about sound fights. It's literally called prize fighting. C-
1: case in point, Ben Askren. D- yeah. The best guy doing it. D- didn't even yeah. get a shot. It's, it's, it's totally... I mean, it's a show, right? And what you lose with that, you lose the true meritocracy. I tweeted that, you know, UFC is not a meritocracy. The best guys don't win. The right. best guys aren't the champs. And the best guys don't always get opportunities. But... You just have to you have to compartmentalize it and appreciate it for what it is. It's pretty close. It's entertainment. It's fighting, well, the, and it's a heck of a lot better than boxing. I mean, when when the Brock thing happened, I kind of rolled my eyes, like, okay,
2: right. But at the same time, that division is not that division is not like so robust. I mean, the the most logical thing is for maybe to Stipe to get another shot again, but. If if Brock goes in there and fights somebody, uh, you know, fights DC, that that's one fight. I like. Who cares? Who, who who should be getting a shot that's not getting it? I mean, and Ganu already. There's there's nobody else in the division.
0: So also let's let's get DC. You know, he's 39. Let's end his career on a big fat payday. Yeah. Let's get him let's get him paid. And I also, mean, it's to- not like
1: it's not like they're rolling out Stone Cold <laughs> against him. Brock Lesnar was a UFC <laughs>
0: champion. It was a while ago, but yeah, yeah. And to to your point about Ben, like, I mean, not, he's not, but he's not even medically, he's not even like,
1: <laughs> he's not even cleared. with he He's so big, oh my gosh, he, he's he a is so big. dang refrigerator.
0: To to your point about Ben, though, I also like DC's gonna knock him out. That wrestlers now are beating guys not with the wrestling,
1: but with their striking. Right, Pico's been knocking guys out with body Pico, punches. Pico won't. Pico doesn't shoot on these guys. Right, he just. I, I cannot how wait to see what Pico becomes.
2: Pendleton Pendleton texted me like right afterwards because I, I had tweeted something like good to see the support from the Cowboy Wrestling um, and he's like he's like how about the list of you know Oklahoma State guys in MMA and then he's you know he started talking about other schools but so you got you got Oklahoma State. Oh, one he didn't bring up. He said Oklahoma State, Penn State, you know, Penn State has uh Phil Davis and Ed Ruth and and they had Pat Cummings and I'm probably forgetting somebody, but uh they've they've done well in MMA. Um but one he didn't say was Missouri because Missouri has had Chandler and
1: Woodley and Askren. Askren. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they've done well. I I, the the support, the Oklahoma State alumni, those guys are all insanely tight. It's, it's, it's pretty mafia. cool to see a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, a good mafia. A positive mafia. It's yeah. such a negative
0: yeah. connotation. When, when I say the Oklahoma State mafia, I mean like these guys are so
1: tight and there's just, I don't know. They're involved in racketeering and yeah. organized crime. Yeah. That's exactly what Nomad means. So yeah, very cool to see DC win. Um, always love to see wrestlers win. That's wrestler versus wrestler, but... Hey, speaking of
2: uh speaking of Oklahoma State stuff, did you see I now it's Chris Perry's cousin. I, I assume it's related to John. Uh,
0: JT Real. He got,
2: he got elected to the All Star game as a catcher. The Marlins catcher guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's
1: pretty cool. Huh?
0: That's cool. One last thing on, on MMA as far as wrestlers I'd like to see really do well. Logan Storley, I think he's gonna get a title shot within the next couple of years based on what the some of our like float combat guys are saying.
1: Yeah. You know, and we're. I was talking. We had a all-company meeting um, that Willie annually skips. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't even know if they invited him this year. No. It was like, why even try? He yeah. wouldn't even come when he lived in Austin, so why would we invite him to this? But uh, anyways, the Hunter Homa the flow combat guy, lives in PA. He was in town. He he he's a John Jones fan, and he's like, you have to start saying DC could be the goat after right. after what he's done. So that's an interesting little aside from a. MMA person, which, which I do not claim to be. Okay, so that's uh, the MMA. We talk about that once every six ish months, <laughs> but there it was, all you MMA slash wrestling fans. Um, hey, so, uh, all right, we talked about two
2: unfortunate incidents and an MMA fight. Let's, how about we talk a little bit about Cadet Worlds?
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, take it away, Cadet Worlds. Um, the men's freestyle had the m- most success. Uh, I would say they did a nice job. Six medals. Yep. I so believe. six medals for for us. Um,
0: we ended up second behind Iran. Um, I don't know how much you guys got to watch. For me, the thing with Iran, so Iran's always had really good age level, right? They? they always do very well, cadets and juniors, better than their seniors have been doing recently. And for me, when I watch it, and this is like a gross oversimplification. But it has a lot to do with the fact that they just hand fight right They underhook and, and hand fight better than most 15 17 year olds who just aren't don't look as interested in it mm-hmm. right um, And you well, know well,
2: it's a system you're a hundred percent right but it's yeah. a system we've we've seen it we've seen it for years now It was not a surprise to me but um, you know, they would win matches based on underhook, take you to the edge. They either get a push out or they force you to do something stupid. You shoot and
0: they run <laughs> behind. Kirkfleet, right? I mean, I, I love Kirkfleet, oh, that's, but that's he, all came, that match he came was. out of this with, hey, I got I to gotta get better at clearing underhooks and hand fighting. That's,
2: that's, all, that's all that match was was that guy moving them from the hand fight, moving them from positions. And we saw um, – we saw Dayton have problems with the—the the same year at Beat the Streets, Dayton had problems with the Iranian. He 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 won and he adjusted, but in the beginning, that guy just kept walking him to the edge. The same thing with Zahid in that same Beat the Streets, and, and uh, you know, that's Iran, That's Iran's thing. That's what yeah. they do.
1: And I think it doesn't help someone like Kirkfleet, you know, six minutes sometimes can help, too. Mm-hmm. Get a little extra time to figure things out, but— um yeah, I think it's just good to see, hey, we're right there. We're in the range. We're, we didn't win it this year. We didn't win it last year either. Well, it's five straight years that we've medaled
2: uh, at Cadet Worlds uh, as a team. And, uh, you know, we are putting multiple kids every year uh, are bringing home medals. We're wrestling for medals. And even the guys, like, before um, before the tournament – uh, you Nomad, know, you said something about who's your most likely to most confident um, and you know Saunders and and, and Robbie uh, Howard got brought up and I said you know there's just such deep weights I don't know those two are two of the deepest weights 55 and 60 and and even for those guys to they DNP'd um, I thought they were good enough to win I thought it was a circumstantial thing with with Robbie, I think that match kind of just got away from him where it was sort of a bad call, in my opinion. Go back and watch it. It was, it was even challenged and upheld. And it was a really close call. But that put him down by two. I think Robbie panicked a little bit. And then he went for a big throw. And it, the match kind of just got away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrestled that again. I mean, I think prob- Robbie probably wins that match seven out of ten times. So um, I wasn't... So we had all those guys metal, and then we. Two really good guys, not metal. Two two really good guys. So uh, overall, you can't be anything but excited about Team USA and and the cadet level.
0: I also think with. Like, Robbie is the type of match we see it every year, right? Gavin one year had that match that he lost right at the end. Like, there are just these matches that these guys have because they're 16 years old, and they just. Just lose it, right? Sometimes. I mean, I have no idea how poorly I would react in in a cadet world situation, right? So, um <laughs> I, right? You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with 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 Robbie, right? He, you know. Too- Fans take note:
2: if 27-year-old <laughs> Dan Roy Lobdell June. wrestled at Cadet
1: Worlds, even he might become flustered. Right.
0: <laughs> if you know? can,
1: if you can flap the unflappable Nomad, then I'll bet. That- <laughs> no wonder Robbie Howard got a little nervous. So
0: no, you know what I mean? Like, like you know robbie two years in a row and and i think he he kind of felt that a little bit right like second year at cadet worlds all right i didn't have what i wanted last year i gotta do better this year mm-hmm. and and maybe it got to him again right but he's like i said he's, he's 16 years old he's gonna be perfectly fine i think it's i think like robbie Howard's is a great example of why i don't know if we're gonna win cadet worlds as a team um because i think that's a guy who's who's going to be very good, he is very good right now, but going to be a very good Kyle Dresser, going to be a guy competing for senior level world teams, and he's not concerned about peaking as a 16-year-old and beating India and, and Iran and Russia, these guys. He's worried about doing that when he's 24, 25. And I just, I, I think the other countries are, are more concerned with...
2: No, um, I, see, I don't think, I mean, I don't think for one second that Robbie Howard's like, eh, man. No, he well, doesn't I care.
0: Think, I'm, I'm, doesn't PT,
2: care. I'll, I'll get it done when I'm 24. I just think in any situation, that's why That's why you have to admire where USA Wrestling is at right now on the senior level. Because it is so difficult to navigate an international bracket. Things have to – I mean, you can't have one slip-up. You can't have one moment of I forgot what was going on or, or I lost my composure. Uh, You have to, the challenges have to go right. And so, um, it's just, he was right there,
0: right? Also, as you talk about confidence of guys who would medal, I'll be very honest. I did not expect Matt Ramos to medal, let alone win a world title. He was third in his state this year. And he's been better, he's always been better at freestyle. But man, that dude wrestled out of his mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, really good on counters, really good. I mean, that's what we always bring it back to collegiate style. But um, you know, th- that's the difference between Fulk and free. Uh, he was able to do a lot of exposures, a lot of counters, uh, getting that bundle, right?
0: That same step over, like mm-hmm. so, so. Kind of the two-day format. I think we can get into that in a second. But with the two-day format, right? So you kind of you go up to the semis so you figure out who your finals opponent's gonna be and then you, you kind of see what your road can be for repishage and so whenever we had that I would kind of watch film on the guys and talk to Willie and be like all right this is what I think we're gonna do and the the Japanese kid that Ramos wrestled he had pretty much all close matches leading up to the finals um and he would shoot 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 and I think that's why I won but it, it also was to a point where he could have shot himself out of some matches and that's kind of what he did because Ramos kept trying that, that like, bundle step over four times and finally got it <laughs> and pinned him. Um, and then Abe you know, getting back to the, to the hand fighting thing, Abe um, Assad came out on top in, in a ridiculous weight and then ran into a really tough Iranian. Um, I don't know if you guys listened to the, the IG Live that Izzy did when he was coaching him in the corner. That was amazing. Dang. No, I didn't just, see that. Just like the way he was, he was coaching them, and and I think um, Assad's really getting a lot better and, and, and learning to hand fight. And um, obviously, he's you know a lot of people are interested in where he's going to go. Um, yeah, we'll see. I know there's a lot of talk around the Hawks. He's a, with him,
2: but... he's a, yeah, he's a banger, right? And like as soon as, as soon as he won Akron, and as soon as he he decommitted, or reopened his commit, uh, his recruiting, the obvious, a, a lot of people said, is he and Iowa, and he'd be a perfect fit lineup-wise and that stuff. I mean, you got you to say, he is an Iowa-style wrestler. That yeah. dude's a banger.
0: All right. And I don't know if you want to get into the two-day format now, where um, yeah, I put out a, a tweet yesterday about we had Fargo coming up. All the guys who – so, like, Howard and Kirk, we didn't do Fargo, but the eight guys who, who, who wrestled in Fargo last year who made the Cadet World Team this year – it was four champs, three seconds, and a third. So Fargo success, pretty good indicator that you can make a world team the next year.
2: I'll tell you who didn't do good is Greco. Well, what were we in Greco? We were like 3 and 11 or something.
0: Yeah, we had we had a rough Greco. So we ended up with 11 total medals, six from the guys, four from the girls, two world champs of the girls. First time girls had two world champs. Shout That's out awesome. to Emily Shillson, Mesa Kilty. You guys are awesome. Or you ladies are awesome, rather. And then. Yeah. They are both amazing, by the way. Man, Greco, not only not only are they losing, but like some of those matches, my goodness, Luffman has a, a four that gets called back for a leg foul that was like basically the same as the throw that Hunter Lewis got hit in. Um, so just like inconsistent calls, and then uh, this kid Dom Dane, yeah, well, I, I thought I mean, he was clearly better. Willie, that was that, that was the same move, and and Lufman's was was, I, I thought I thought the call on no, Lewis was right, and I thought no, the call on was you're wrong.
2: Not, cannot watch those cadet matches and then say man we had some bad breaks we went first we went three and eleven and most of them were not competitive
0: no there I was mean, a I bunch thought, of competitive ones there
2: was a bunch of competitive ones
0: yes don't sugarcoat this
2: no we, they, we went, they
0: they did very bad but they it we went you need we to watch the matches we went
2: three and eleven though man uh, listen i thought dominic damon could have won one. I thought there was some cheap points there. I mean, I thought Hunter Lewis let one get away, but there was. I mean, Sweden was was
0: up 5-0 in the Euro Champ. Yeah,
2: and that's the second period. Like, and the dude looked like he could score at any time that he wanted. Uh, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you watched, but it wasn't pretty. What I watched was not pretty.
0: But it closed on a good note. Jake Kaminsky got some medal and. Um, He's, a lot of schools are going after him for football, but he's going to be at Wyoming Seminary next year, so we'll see uh, see how he does.
2: Cool. Ryan Ryan Holmes is working on an article for all the kids that are transferring in high school. There's quite a lot of them.
1: Okay. Unsurprising. surprising. So let's go next up. Why don't we discuss a little bit of Fargo, a little Fargo time. Um, Nomad here has a question for Willie that I think is a great question, and I would like you to ask well, you, it. You have a question? Yeah, Yeah. okay, Willie, so
0: um, we, the last few months or whatever, we've been doing um, these girls rankings with uh, National Wrestling Hall of Fame and USA Wrestling, and they don't come out as often as Willie's rankings, partially because, number one, they're bare to do because there's way less information on girls wrestling. And number two, because they're brand new, right? We're still kind of figuring it out because they don't have a formal season yet in a lot of states. So we made the decision to keep our seniors in until after Fargo um, so like the, the rankings just came out will we'll still feature seniors the next ones that come out won't so Willie my question is why do you take the seniors out before Fargo knowing that guys like Travis Whitlake uh, Brayton Lee, Mason Paris, Anthony Cassiope, McKee. Pat McKee are still wrestling in it
2: um, because ju- Just just the logistics and timing of it first of all I think everybody gets jazzed, including myself, about what it looks like now, right? What does it look like with seniors removed? Um, But couldn't we have that just July 24th? You could, right? But then you are looking at going back. I don't want to. In July, in August, you're basically talking about August. You're going to go back to basically NHSEA class nationals, which are in March, and be like, okay, this is how the juniors did. This is how the sophomores did. It's just, it would just be an
1: overload. It would just make things more convoluted. mm. I mean, you could, but. Yeah, I think it would be better. I mean, it's like, it's weird when we do our like all rank things and then like Pat McKee and Brayton Lee aren't included. And it's just like, let's just have one more tournament where they're included. Maybe you could do some of that legwork in the lead up and then post Fargo, you pull them out, and then um, then you've got the new set after Fargo. Because Fargo's to me seems like the end of the year more so than it's, Flow National. It's the last
0: thing that high school seniors can do, right? There's nothing after that because a lot. I mean, some of them start some schools start school in August, right? A lot of these kids are on yeah. campus already. Like you're um, also.
2: I mean, the, but the way if if graduation, I might be more inclined to do that if. Graduates competed more in Fargo, but they don't. I mean, you're talking about holding off on the new set of rankings so that you can incorporate 20 guys at wrestle in Fargo.
1: Yeah.
0: There, there's there's a good number this year. I know, you know, looking back, uh, Reader doubled up after he graduated. Corey Clark doubled up after he graduated. There was a
1: – Ten years ago. Eight yeah, years ago. Well, Stroker – I mean, there were a lot of guys that, that went Perriot. Go back and... Darmstadt. Bunch of guys. (laughs) I'm telling you, uh, there might be 25 guys this year. Yeah. That's That's a a good number. Yeah, I think that's a
0: very significant number.
1: It's not two per weight. Well, if you with the division, (laughs) dividing, 25 and 14's, anyway. Not two. It doesn't equal two. It's pretty, pretty. Wow. (laughs) Really, you want to see it at 1.8 for repeating? <laughs> I, I, I don't.
2: Listen, there's, there's there's, no reason to keep it in, just so that three months later, when there's one tournament with 20 guys in, we can see what it looks like. I mean, you don't need a number next to Brayton Lee to tell you he's good anymore. He, Most people do. Absolutely. The general if, uh If you're watching Fargo, and you don't know that Brayton Lee – if you're watching Fargo, you know Brayton Lee's good.
0: Not, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. But it, to, to be fair, Willie, this is the industry standard, right? I mean, most, most ranking services remove the seniors after April, right?
2: No. I mean, no ranking service – there's no ranking service that does rankings in the offseason other than um, – I think the open mat does it now, but – They do it after mine comes out, and yes, they do it too. So, I mean, for the longest time, I'm the only one that ever did rankings after Flow Nationals. Rankings always have been. You rank after NH, NHSCAs, and Flow Nationals are over. Boom, final rankings. The next ones don't come out until September, October, November.
0: But then, meanwhile, you've got Akron, cadet duels, junior duels, U.S. Open, right? I mean, Saunders and, and a bunch of those high school guys did really well at the junior open. Uh, right, and no Fargo graduating again. seniors
2: can wrestle at Akron.
0: The Disney duels, all that all that stuff.
1: All right, so that's that. Um, next question that Nomad had. If you were a college coach, would you encourage graduate high school seniors on campus already to do it, to participate in Fargo?
0: So, like most schools, right um, – like when we were at o- Ohio State, they had they had guys there. Right? Oklahoma State has guys there. It's it's a very common thing now where they're allowed to be on campus, right? They're they're graduated. They're starting school. They're starting they're starting rolling around. Um, like Whitlake, I'm pretty sure is already in in Stillwater. He was the one that I was thinking of because he's the one that I saw one of the ones I saw was going. So if you were a college coach, generally speaking, I know it's more a case by case question, but if you're a college coach, would you generally encourage your graduate
1: high school seniors to do Fargo or not to do Fargo? Depends. If they're a redshirt. Yeah, why not, if they want to. It's kind of a cool little measuring stick for, like, if you've been there since June. Okay, you've been here a month and a half. Like, I remember Wiseman, um, after he was at Missouri a month or so, he had a really nice Fargo. I mean, he's a Virginia guy, so I follow him a little more closely than some others. I'm sure there's other examples uh, that would better typify that. But um, I I think it's kind of a cool thing, but um, I don't think there's anything bad. But if a guy's going to be going right away and wrestling in November— keep him there training probably is more important than him spending a week in Fargo and getting out of a training regimen and all that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think my, my thoughts exactly. Um, you hear
1: a lot of times
2: with the new with the way that things are nowadays, kids getting on campus, kids getting acclimated to the college uh, practices and the academic situation. Um, you know, you see more and more. Well, I'm not going to Fargo because I'm already at uh, Campus X. Um, that's all well and good, but if you're red shirting why would you not? Why would you not? You gotta, you gotta feel a little bit more empowered. You gotta feel a little bit more confident. Like, I'm banging with these college dudes. I'm gonna go up to, I'm gonna go up to Fargo and show out. Now, if you are going right away, like Christian said, I would agree. You don't. I don't hold it against you, um, and then there's also academic situations where you know I, yeah. you just want you want to get some classes in because um, college college classes are far different than high school classes, and and you might want to get acclimated there. And um, so I get that too, but for the for some kids that say you know I'm on campus now and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna continue training, I mean I don't really get that.
0: Do you think it matters? It should matter whether or not you've won it or not already. It's like Brayden Lee's never won Fargo, right? He he's, seems pretty jazzed to go in part because he's probably yeah, never won I mean,
2: it. My, uh, the, my Fargo Junior Freestyle preview will come out in an hour or so, and I say that in the top blurb. I said, excellent turnout. There's there's 1,240 kids in the field for just for Junior Freestyle, which is awesome. Um and, and there's, there's, you know, the rank, number of ranked guys is amazing, right? I think it's the most um, – pretty sure it's the most uh, ranked guys in a tournament all year, including Super 32. Um, so the turnout's awesome. But if you but, – but I say, graduating seniors, get your butts there. Why not? Why would you not go? I mean, I think we need to get back to that. I, I don't know if kids think – I don't know. I don't know if they're exhausted. I don't know if they need time to rest and, and chill out. You get the on campus thing, but
1: go. We yeah. need graduating seniors to go. So, a few f- final Fargo thoughts and we'll move on. The Return of Flow Zone will be here. Wrestling Nomad will be rocking that um, throughout the week, throughout Fargo week, remotely, not from Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, we'll be, get to do a lot of cool studio stuff um, because of our new technological. Advancements here with here at Flow Sports, and also the Junior World Team will be set. Dayton Fix versus Brandon Courtney once again for the Junior World Team spot. Best two out of three. Not sure which day that is happening, but um yeah, we got to double check that it's happening. It's Dayton Fix, Brandon Courtney. But, Courtney been impressive,
0: but we, we've seen it a couple times, right? Where uh, we've had these postponed wrestle offs for medalists or injury or various reasons. So um, I don't know. This happened probably three or four times. Have we heard about Helen? Uh, well, Helen's definitely not happened at Fargo. Wow! I saw she posted an Instagram yesterday of her lifting, and the lights were on. Um, she had a concussion a while back. We've talked about it on the show before, um, so we're kind of wondering if that has something to do with the delay, um, because you know, if you're if you're like really really concussed, you're not even supposed to kind of be like the lights that we have in this uh, studio right now would be too bright for somebody who has a concussion. So I think that's I think that's still going to be pushed back a little bit. Um, but Flow Zone's going to be about- awesome. This might. I hate doing this because sometimes when I do this, how many me.
2: lumens? How many lumens do you think is appropriate for a concussion program? Oh,
0: perhaps was she wearing transition lenses? 220, 221, whatever it takes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Would you? Do you recommend Oakleys? No, Oakleys are cheesy. How about halogen bulbs? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure uh, a light halogen? halogen bulb is fine. <laughs> okay. No, but Flowzone's gonna be awesome. This we're we're doing the most we've ever done. With flow zone, LJ's probably gonna yell at me for saying this, but um,
1: I think this is gonna be the best flow zone, hopefully, we've ever done. Wow, he totally he's gonna go off on you. Wow, he is gonna come down. Wow, shots fired at LJ. You think he's gonna do a good job? Whoa, that's he's gonna be furious with you. Hey, still JB drops. Um, this uh, I I watched yesterday, I know Nomad did. If you don't know, Jordan Burroughs um, has been, basically leading up to Final X, was dropping these little one minute teasers, uh, little documentary style things, just little blurbs, little snippets of his life. And then it all kind of built to Final X Lincoln. And it came out last night uh, on his YouTube channel. We posted it on Flow. It's on uh, JB's um, social media. It's easy to find if you haven't seen it. Encourage you to watch it, 20 some minutes. And just a kind of behind-the-scenes look at Jordan Burroughs as he's training. But the focus is is more on his family, him kind of going through his day-to-day routine, him with the kids, with his wife. Um, So I I thought it was really cool glimpse into people that don't know Jordan, kind of what he's like, and just really an all-around good dude, good family man, great example, great uh sportsman and you see you it didn't go so much into the training into the diet but it did touch on it a little bit um just what that guy has to go through to make the weight and training wise so i i encourage you guys to watch it i think it's cool that jordan uh did this and uh is doing his own content and uh yeah
0: uh, i enjoyed it i like that and look if if you're a professional athlete and you want to keep some, some some privacy by all means, right? It's, it's When you're famous, it's a lot harder. But I do like that Burroughs and, and a couple other guys, right, Dake and, and Taylor spe- uh, specifically kind of come to mind that are also kind of doing this a little bit, are opening themselves up and, and giving us a look and um, having shooters around. And, and obviously, you know, we we want access guys. We have access to these guys. We try to give you a glimpse. But, um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with, with saying, hey, I'm going to show you... What my life is like, give you a little bit. Again, like you were saying, he didn't dive too much into the, the training or, or, or die part of it, but um, it keeps JB's name out there, right? He's he's a guy who, in 2016, in 2016, when he lost in uh, in Rio, people around the office, like they know who Jordan Burroughs is b- because of us, and it was like it, it was like there was a tragedy or something. I was like, hey, like sorry to hear about you know, Jordan losing, right? And and I think he's 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 always cognizant of that, right? We we did a whole thing like what is legacy. And he he's still trying to to push forward and, and keep himself um as a big name because it's good for wrestling to have a guy who's like mainstream popular, which Burrows and the closest we have. Right. Yeah. Burrows is the one who can actually Well, make he's that certainly
2: he's doing it, you know, I don't think the documentary is I mean, it's a, good, it's a good thing for Jordan, um, no doubt about it. It's a good thing for his branding. But you know what's the best thing for his branding? Bouncing back and winning the world title last year. Yeah. you know, So that's how you stay relevant. Um, I didn't get to see it. It came out last night, right? I'll probably watch it today or tomorrow. Um, that, or That junior preview was a lift. Yeah, that's coming um, out at
1: noon today, by the way, kids, noon central.
2: Uh, one one thing I we're not gonna get into the we, we decided Christian and I decided we're not gonna get into the Jim Jordan thing we hear all your questions we're gonna digest it a little bit right Christian yes so we, we hear all your questions we'll, we'll, well there's a lot of moving parts there so we'll address it at some point
1: maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe not i don't know
2: i mean anytime you're talking about politics and everything that goes along
1: with it right uh gotta be you gotta be delicate so yeah super delicate and i don't know the ultimate he said he said at this point um okay that was still jp why don't we get to some well why don't we get to this recruiting point um The new day you can... Is this mailbag time? No, this is not mailbag. Mailbag's coming up soon, though. Getting close. Oh. Mike C., hold on. (laughs) Um, The new visit day is September 1st of your junior year. It used to be July 1st of your senior year. So basically an entire year gets moved back. Um, What does this mean? Well, I like that... I guess I like it. I don't know. I'm sure every... All the coaches have, like, just diametrically opposed opinions on this. I would bet, as they do with basically every rule, it's either, like, a terrible thing or it's awesome. I think it's I think it's good because, in reality, it's a formality, right? There were all these little workaround and loophole things you could do to get in contact with a kid. It's like, I, I know some of the highest level programs, they have guys that basically are the go-betweens They'd be like, okay, I'm gonna tell you, I wanna talk to this wrestler. This guy will get in touch with the dad or the kid and then connect the dots and then they'll start talking. And it's not even technically illegal, it's just this little workaround that some of the higher level coaches are implementing. So now it's like let's just why do we have to play this game? Just go to his house and and recruit him and it'll be fine.
0: And the rules are so crazy too, like I the in my opinion, the ultimate point of a lot of these rules is so these kids don't get bombarded, right? Like, there's dead periods, there's points where, you know, you can only reach out to them in this certain way and by the time they're this certain age. Um, so, like, I get it, right? Because, man, especially in, like, football and basketball, these kids have got to be getting hammered, right, with with coaches hitting them up. Um, but the reason I, I kind of brought this up, so, number one, I can't remember if it was the Penn State Forum or the Iowa Forum, but they were like, all right, like, where's – Where's Coach going to be at midnight? Somebody's like, well, that, that changed. And then a, a, a coach, I wrote a recruiting story, I forget who it was, but I, I, I think it was a Glazer story, and a coach hit me up and was like, hey, it's actually um, September 1st, their junior year now, because I put a couple days before coaches can start visiting, this kid commits. Um, I think it's fine. I think like there's, there seems to be a lot of kids who want to know where they're going prior to their senior year starting. And in order for that to happen, you have to have a relationship with a coach. You have to take an unofficial visit. You have to get an idea of where the program's going and, and what their RTC is going to be like and what your practice part are going to be like. And to start all of that, and I know they don't, but to start all of that theoretically after July 1st, like, of your the summer between your junior <laughs> and senior year, it's daunting.
2: Yeah. Remember a year or two ago, <laughs> like... Goofballs on on Twitter and stuff or message boards. With, I mean, all up in arms about kids decommitting. Well, then why'd you commit in the first place? Well, this is too. You know, oh, they yeah. do it too soon. Shut up. Who cares? <laughs> first of all, it happens to five kids a year, maybe, maybe five on a in a, a high watermark year. Um, and and who cares if they change their mind? they should they should hold themselves to a commitment and go somewhere they don't wanna go that they made when they were probably a sophomore so that they can keep their honor or something? I don't yeah. know it was so It stupid. was a lot
1: of some, some media types taking the moral high ground about being a man of your word. It was like wow that <laughs> Yeah the, the irony. So
2: So August first is the first day that colleges can make a scholarly o- offer. Right, so you, you hear a lot of a lot of times. Um, even kids that commit, let's say yeah. I commit as a sophomore. Um, that is made. That is a commitment made on. Hey, we want you now. Right, this is the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> hey, Christian, I want you as my thirty-three pounder. That's great. I love the coaching staff. I love the campus. I am going to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Right, Go but. Box. It is only on August 1st before your senior year that I can say, okay, Christian, I am giving you 33% of a scholarship. Mm-hmm. So that's that date. September 1st. Is that because I'm def- wrestling
1: 133? Are you going to wrestle 33? Yeah. So I get 33%? I'll go 41 that's not, then.
2: That's not why.
1: Oh, okay. You're
2: going to go 41. Yeah, for right, 41?
1: Yeah, 41% scholarship.
2: No, we're cutting you down to 25. I don't think you do as well at September 1st is the first day that you can make an in-house visit with a 2020. Yeah. Okay. And then November 14th is signing day. I think this helps. See, this this
1: is going to help the the aggressive coaches, the aggressive recruiters. This is going to help them. The ones that like to hang back and let their name recruit it or let the kids come to them, they're going to fall further behind. It's going to favor the aggressive recruiters, the ones that are pushing it. And uh, if you're not pushing it, if you're not – uh, making these kids feel wanted, then you may find yourself lacking in the recruiting area. So aggression, going after these kids is, is going to be essential.
2: Well, yeah, you're right. You're right in that. However, I think, I think there comes a problem with, uh, particularly in wrestling, I wouldn't say so much in, like, football and basketball, but in wrestling – there is so much development there is so much that changes things are fluid outside of a, a handful of kids that yeah. are sure things there's so many times that a guy is 15th on everybody's big board and in for the class of 2020 and you sign him and by the time he graduates he's 42nd mhm Right, So it's good to get in on the ground floor, get a commitment from them. But keep in mind, sometimes these guys, some team, these guys are going to get burnt sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're not always going to be what they are. Now, right how, about, how about this?
0: So with the transfer rule the way it is now, um, does that does being able to talk to kids, September 1st going into their junior year as opposed to July 1st going into their senior year, does that help kind of counteract that? Because a lot of the coaches that I was talking to that didn't like the transfer rule were like, you know, we put time and money in this kid, and then we missed on, you know, going after kid X, Y, Z because of this. But now it's like, okay, well, now we can – and obviously the, you still got to wait for the kid to actually get there. But it kind of shores up your long-term thinking to be able to go, okay, well, now we can talk to these kids eight months earlier or whatever, ten months earlier. Um, now we can kind of shore up what we've just lost with the kid transferring. Right. Yeah. And then, also, one last note on that.
1: Except the kids, like not, a kid transferred, that means he's on your team now. This is a recruit. This no, I know. Two years. I
0: understand that, but I'm saying yeah. like it's just for their long term peace of mind. But anyway, the uh, signing day this year for the mm-hmm. the uh, group graduating in 2019, it, it starts November 14th,
1: 2018. Is uh, signing day. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's that. That's the recruiting landscape. You know, uh, so we're going to get into questions next. I, I know a lot of you probably have questions about the Bracky Hoover nuptials. Oh, um, uh, that we, was a wonderful time. It was a wonderful ceremony, uh, quite the party. Um, we are going to get into that, but I think we should, and there's also something. Um, There's legal ramifications involved that Willie and I need to discuss with Kyle. We may get our general counsel, Paul Herdlow, involved um, because we are worried that the wedding may have been a sham and is not technically legal. So that's something that's on on my mind right now, and I want to wait till Kyle's back in the fold. He is en route from West Virginia as we speak um, with Hank and his new bride in the vehicle um maybe even listening live for all we know so if you are um they just got back from jamaica and yeah we'll talk about that when they're back um so yes there's there's many what we have to talk about willie's legal problems uh, that's where
0: i thought you were going originally you said legal problems well now there's there's the mul- whole...
1: there's multiple legal there's ramifications multiple legal everyone's issues. thinking about willie's willie's problems and willie's um willie getting arrested but Kyle and, and Olivia have their own issues to sort out that, that yeah, we'll get to. Yeah, it was
2: West Virginia. Did they not did say it. I do?
1: No. We'll, we'll get into okay. it. Okay. We'll get into it. it. It's, it's, let this tease be a tease. Okay. Um, so we'll get to that. We will, we will definitely get to that on Friday, which, yes, I should mention that. I should mention a couple things. One, we're not doing it tomorrow. We're going to do it Friday, okay, because Willie's going to be on a plane tomorrow, and we like it when Willie's on the show. So we're going to do that. Two, we're brought to you by Asics. I'm wearing Asics. I love this shirt. I love Asics things, like shoes and shirts and nice pants.
0: Asics uh, book Knapsacks. Bag. I have, yeah, nap, knapsack is what we're calling it. I Jordan
1: Burroughs wears Asics.
0: What else do you need to know? I believe I have an Asics shoe here. Okay, wow, see. But, but
1: you, see. you should yeah. put that down, it's filthy dirty. Um, okay, <laughs> we got, wait, we're not done. Don't yeah, play, don't that, play that, the music. We gotta get the we gotta get the questions they're, now. They're well, playing they're us playing out. us out. We just got sinatra We're <laughs> we're giving an acceptance speech, and, and they're gonna try to get us out. No no no. We gotta get to the questions now. Okay, next up. Um, wait to watch at Junior Nationals. There's a few really good ones. 132 is it that looked absolutely out of this world good. 132
2: Decatur, D'Amelio, Tag. I'm forgetting a lot of people. One
1: thirty-two is loaded. Loaded one. Um, also, heavyweight: Cassiope, Paris, and Huttmacher. <laughs> Holy cow! Like that? That could be a, that could be the Redskins O line in a couple years. You never know. So.
2: Upperweights upper weights. are awesome. Thirteen ranked guys at two twenty. What? Uh, I Think one ninety-five. No, one ninety-five. Yeah. Thirteen ranked guys at one ninety-five. That's not. That's and then there's graduates, and at heavyweight there's eight ranked guys. And graduates, okay. Eight ranked
1: guys, and then you have Paris and Cassiopeia. That's nuts, and also worth mentioning. Far- Fargo's going to be huge this year. This is like maybe the most participants in Fargo history, at least in the last in recent memory. I think yeah. Spade wrote an article saying this was the biggest,
0: like the uh, biggest total, and then a couple age groups set uh, individual records as well.
1: Okay, this is a very important question from Stamsol's knee. Um, mm-hmm. Most pain any of y'all have been in, and from what? I and I, I warned you guys. I wanted the answer. I wanted you guys to have an answer. I have my answer. I want to start with Willie though. Willie, the most pain you've ever been in. It has to I be. Don't. It seems like it would be weight cut related because you went one of three as a senior.
2: Oh, I was almost, I was almost dead. I mean, that's that's.
1: Was that that's painful? Well, Why don't you tell that story? <laughs> no, tell a story? No, I just.
2: Cut my ass off for months and stunk because of it. Um, Pain, I don't know if I – I don't understand pain. I don't understand
0: the
1: physiology of pain. Oh, my gosh. You don't understand – what, is this a Rocky promo?
0: I want to – I want to suss it out. I don't understand pain. You don't understand pain? pain? I don't get it, man. No, I –
2: okay.
1: So the body – Listen, I watched you hobble around Las Vegas with gout and whining – like you understood pain that week. I know that much.
2: No, 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 I don't, I didn't say I don't feel pain. I don't understand pain, but that, that's a perfect example because first of all, it's not gout, it's turf toe, which is a, which is a-
1: <laughs> Which is a type of tur- gout, as we all know.
2: No, it's not. It's a tendon or a ligament, but, uh, so you your body feels pain so that you avoid using that part of your body. You, you avoid any more damage. Mm but like when when the body swells it's supposed to protect it but the swelling just makes it hurt more so why does the body
0: do that to oneself it's almost as though humans just should never be injured or feel pain in any way okay that so are uh, ideal
1: Willie's Willie won't give an answer because he doesn't yet so no, that,
2: is by, that is by far by far the worst pain is pain that lingers right if you get if you get shot Sam stole's knee you feel it and then you're over it right if I if I punch Christian in the shoulder, he feels it for that split second, right? And that's the it. worst the worst kind of pain is the one that lingers and is just annoying, like a toothache or like that foot, like my foot that just hurt and throbs for three days.
1: So you're gonna say it's your foot? I think you yeah, should Yeah,
2: that was I broke like half the bones of my body, but the foot thing was the one that
1: And I would try. just like to say that I did that to you. So you I didn't? am, I am the inflictor of pain. I am the one who knocks. What was your worst pain? My worst pain is I had <laughs> appendicitis, and uh, yeah. this is this is a kind of a funny story. Please, no one tell my mom; she will be horrified to know this. But basically, this
0: is just us now. We're just we're it's just us. Tree. Just
1: don't tell anyone. It's just us three. So okay. I had, I was in horrific pain in my stomach for the better part of a week to the point that I was walking around hunched over. I couldn't stand up straight. And my mom was just like, ah, it's a stomach virus kind of thing. She's a school nurse. And you know, she was just kind of like, it's okay, it's okay. And it got worse and worse and worse. I was like, mom. And then I remember vividly the moment it, my appendix ruptured, right? So, <laughs> so it, it ruptured. It hurt. It was on tape. Yeah, it was not on tape.
0: Game over when it actually ruptured. So
1: it exploded in my body, and then, so she you had could to take. Die it. from that. Yeah, you could die from it. Yeah, it was it was very serious. I was in the hospital like ten days. It was really bad. So that moment when it ruptured was by far the worst ever. My mother had to take me to the uh, emergency room. She heroically carried me in. My mother wow. is yes. one hundred ten pounds. She it was like. It was like, uh, you know, the old ladies, when there's the something on, their car's on their cat or something, they can live, it was like that. She just, he manned me up and uh, carried me in there. So, that was the worst pain I have ever been in, by far.
0: Speaking of physiological not understanding, why do we still have appendices? All they do is appendici. explode.
1: I think it's appendici. It's
0: appendici. Why don't, they, they ex- all they do is explode and they don't actually serve a purpose they anymore don't. in, in no, humans. They only they can only do bad things. It's only bad. Yeah, so. Stop, bodies, from having them. I'm going to say it. We are officially an anti-appendix podcast. Yeah, my... Now, my father had appendicitis. His did not burst. Mm. But he was, I believe, in, like, his Brazil. Was sh-
1: he w- his, his was his- shot
0: during a game of tag.
1: I'm waiting for you to say that your most painful moment is when you were playing gun tag with your uncle and he shot you with a 22.
0: Look, that, that may be the case. Okay, so mine is, uh, <laughs> completely stupid and, uh... It's a bit, a bit of a story. Okay, so my senior year, I got mono, um, as teenagers do. Uh, I had which, mono. Also yeah, mono sucks. Mono is so miserable. Fist
1: for Team Mono. Hey, Team Mono. Yeah. One nucleus. Uh,
0: <laughs> dang it. Uh, mono sucks. If you have had have mono, it sucks because you just feel like the most worthless human being. You're like, uh, you're just, you're just dragging all the time and lethargic. And yes so i got it around i don't know i assume like january and you know that's the time you're like pushing towards the postseason right you're trying to ramp up and, and get yourself ready for states and all and i was like man i i need to like i need to work hard like i'm very lethargic this is like the last you know like the last month or so of my wrestling career and uh so we we wrestled our rivals and we lost very tragically and and all this stuff and i Trag- go <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh so I, I get really mad or heavyweight, and I, like, I told my dad, my dad's a coach, and I was like, we can't, like, I can't ride home in the bus because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill Daniel because I'm so mad. Um, so, like, oh. my, I, I went home with my girlfriend at the time. She took us to Smoothie King. Now and, I know how you got the mono. And my cousin, yeah, right? And my, <laughs> my mom's cousin saw, saw me in Smoothie King. He's like, dude, like, you look terrible. Like, you need, you should, you need to get checked out.
1: So What, I, did they say you were Pale?
0: yeah yeah it was trailer this the most um,
1: <laughs> this
2: story
0: you And so I, in a
2: smoothie I, after steak.
0: so she so we, we get home <laughs> and I like collapse when I when I go so like our, our door goes into our kitchen I like collapse when I enter the kitchen so um go to the doctor and they're like oh it's all good you can like you can we're, you're gonna hear these antibiotics you can come back on this date
2: you- Passed out at Chipotle two years ago. There's nothing wrong with
0: you. Yeah, but that that was. Uh, d- shut up. Let him
1: go. Let <laughs> yeah. him go.
0: Uh, so I so they're like, okay, you get to wrestle in this state, and it was the day after National Preps, and I'm just like completely beside myself. I'm like, what this is like this is all I want to do. Like I want to wrestle National Preps with my friends and like be you know we had a really good team that year. So anyway, point of the story is, I got so angry and just like disenchanted watching. My my friends, um, we had, like, two kids win state titles and a whole bunch of kids plays. So, like, I just got so upset, and, and this is, like, me being a bad teammate. Watching my other teammates do well that I was just like, screw this. And I, I called one of my more degenerate friends. <laughs> and we went out and got obliterated. This is, kids do not do as I do, do as I say. This is a terrible idea. Just you got, got as, as completely hammered as, as maybe I had maybe I've ever been, um, and I had drank maybe like four times at that point oh, in is? my life. Uh, and the next <laughs> day, I felt so bad. I don't know that I watched a single match of again like my teammates won state titles and like doing awesome. Like I don't think I watched a single match. I laid under the bleachers. Uh, my friend Joe, my teammate Joe, he took took me back to his house at one point. I puked thirteen times that day. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thirteen once, <laughs> once in his jeep, several times uh, it, at the arena. The worst
1: at his house. of your
2: life, was a, the worst pain of your life was a hangover. It was, well, was it mono sounds,
1: induced. Hangover. It sounds like. Well, hold on. It's a confluence. It's there's the emotional pain. Right. There's the emotional
0: like, uh, this sucks.
1: He's he's a completely wasted eighteen year old, and he has mono. That's a trifecta that is, uh, that would probably hurt. Right.
0: I'm like 125 pounds, so. Uh, Physiologically, figure out what like being really drunk is a good duty when you, when you're small like me. Yeah, yeah the mono, emotional pain. It's not a
1: good treatment for mono. Mono.
0: Either. I'm pretty sure I got shoved down a flight of steps. Not like a flight of steps, but like four steps, and like kicked. Because right. um, I was being a a hole at the party. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> right, I no we man.
2: answered Sam's. I think we answered Sam's. Uh, <laughs> knee, Sam's need. Look, you question. asked the
0: question. I'm and, give you the and answer. Also, I appreciate the worst pain in my life. That and sounds your awful.
2: Answer did, all your answer did was beg for a hundred more questions. We'll get to that
1: in your diary, in your official biography, your mem- your memoirs. Um Still DL. Okay. Uh, we'll do one more and then then we can depart. Um do do I don't know the answer to this one. We'll see uh, we'll see what you think. From your perspective, what has been the biggest catalyst behind Iowa's recruiting resurgence over the last two, three years and is... I'm glad you picked that one. ...Assad next. Good. Go for it.
2: I don't know that it has picked That's, yeah. Uh, I don't know that it has picked up. I mean, where is this, where is this revisionist theory on Iowa, was recruiting picked up? They, they've had... Number one classes on a couple different occasions in the last 10 years um, maybe consistency has picked up I mean because sometimes they'd go with a number one class and then just a handful of guys but I mean they're still kind of doing that this year's class wasn't um, wasn't really big or really great uh, I mean I think that I think that they definitely put more emphasis on recruiting. Um, I think there was a time, and I think Oklahoma State was like this too. I think there was a time that a lot of the top programs said, "We are Oklahoma State. We are Iowa. Kids will come here. You know, we can make a phone call in the last five minutes and get somebody or sway their opinion, and they'll come with us. We are wrestling gods." Um, and I think I think they've been much more proactive. But as in the final product. I saw that question yesterday that was sent in, what caused Iowa's recruiting to pick up? I don't know if it has picked up. They've always been good at recruiting. I mean, Sammy Brooks, Thomas Gilman, Alex Meyer, Corey Clark, Sam Stoll. They, they always get blue chippers.
1: That's a good class. Yeah. Um, so I th- I agree with that. I think it's it's been solid for a while. Um. Yeah. I don't think it's dipped. I think... They haven't been winning NCAA, so everyone just looks at recruiting. It's like, well, why didn't we get Bo Nickel and Zane Rutherford? And that's you know, it. they they did. They have. There's only a few guys that do the, um, the Bo Nickel, Zane Rutherford, Jason Nolf things, and they've gone yeah, to basically just, one school except they got Spencer Lee. So it's it's like that's just freakish, right? What Penn State has done recently is just
2: sort of freakish. I mean. Ed Ruth turns into a bonus point machine. David Taylor, Zane for Jason Nolfe, right? Um, Bo Nickel. Um, So, but you can't look back and say, we didn't recruit well. Like, Anthony Baldessaro never wrestled a match. Skinesny never wrestled a match. They were still ranked one and two in the country. I mean, a lot of, for the top schools, a lot of recruiting is about attrition. Yeah. What, what number ones do you bring in that don't pan out? Yeah. Um, yeah. So
0: that, that to me, that's the revisionist history part is when you don't win NCAAs after you won when they went 20 some, some, three, yeah, something like that, 20 some in 30, 40 years, I think that's like the revisionist history is, well, they must not be recruiting as well because they're not winning titles anymore. And maybe they're recruiting just as well, just other schools are doing better. Maybe they're developing at a slightly less uh, rate than what they did, and so another school caught up. Um, like it, it, it's really hard in wrestling to say, any sport really, to be like, well, we're doing worse here when another school could just be doing better, raise the level of everybody
1: else. Last question, uh, and then we will go. This is really the last question. From John Renan, Impact Wrestlers coming off Redshirt last year. Also, is Oklahoma State going to finish top ten this yeah. year at NCAAs? That's okay. a tr- that second question is a troll.
0: John so, Renan so, is an
1: Oklahoma State hater. Yes, Oklahoma State will be in the top ten. They'll be in the top five, if you ask me.
2: Right. So, I was really glad you asked the Iowa question. I'm really a little sad that you asked this question because this
1: is a huge troll. The well, not the, the question, first one. The first one. Oh,
2: huh? yeah. He wants us to say Nick Renan. Oh,
1: <laughs> I only pulled up the freshman. No, I don't think Nick Renan. No, just kidding.
2: Oh, uh, the freshman. I thought he said- Well, no, I read it as
1: freshman, but you're right. He just says, um, well, wait, what does he say? Let's let's not, he'll sue us if we use the wrong words because he's a lawyer guy. He said wrestler. Inc- he just said wrestlers coming off redshirt. Wow, he yeah. was totally, Who's so he wants us to say Nick Greenan and Cholzo. Who's the best wrestlers,
2: wrestlers coming off redshirt? Oh, maybe your kid that was in Final <laughs> X, uh, number one. Number two, Well, Oklahoma State being in top top 10?
1: Stop hating. What a troll. What a troll. Um, okay. In addition to his son, in addition to your son, John, um, looking here, I'm, I'm looking at the big board. So the top 10-ish guys that didn't wrestle last year, Vito, Labriola, Warner, Dupre, Nick Lee. nope, not him. Singletary, Gomez, O'Connor. Those are kind of like, that's like how I've tiered it. Of those, I think Warner is probably the most likely one to win a title next year. Not that I would say any of them are especially likely. I would put his likelihood ahead, well ahead of Vito. Um, I love Labriola a whole heck of a lot. But just the, the construction of that field, I would say no. But Labriola, to me, he looks like a four-time All-American to me and potentially a national champ when it's all said and done. I really like Brady Berge. Um, I really like Lou Dupre. And I think Gomez and O'Connor are gonna have really nice. So I, I really like. I think all those guys I, I named, uh, have All-American potential. I think one of them can win a title next year.
0: Here, guys, you wanna, you wanna cheat cheat for good guys coming. Also, Makai Lewis. Yes, that's that builds in with it. You wanna, you wanna know what what guys are coming with red shirt? They're doing really. Look at the uh, trials finals of. Juniors. Okay, so date fixed wrestling this weekend. Brandon Courtney had a really good retro year. Yeah. Uh, You had Austin Gomez versus Vito. Also, and you have uh, Gefeller in the mix there, too. Right. Uh, Dom Demas was in the finals here. Bergy wrestled Austin O'Connor. There you go. Those are two very good ones. Austin O'Connor. Love him. Makai Lewis, as you said, was was right in there. Uh, Mikey Labriola, once again. Louis Dupre, Louis Dupre's phenomenal. Uh, Warner, John Borst. Yeah, Maybe 600 pounds. He ain't. And... Bonacorsi.
1: Yep, like Bonacorsi. So I think th- yeah. I think those are... I, I'm looking at this big board, man, and I am not seeing much bust potential there. I really feel good about this. Uh, I'm worried about Cam Coy a little bit at UVA. Um... I had some questions about him and Hovis, um, but man, it's a it's a really good class. Really like this group. Uh, I'm excited to watch Tanner Literal for Oklahoma mm-hmm. as well. I liked him coming out. Want to see what he can do. Um, so yeah, th- those are the guys. Um, we are planning on doing this Friday, not tomorrow. And now we can go. I'm sorry. I kind of did act like we were leaving when I was <laughs> shouting out Asics and stuff. So apologies to. LJ and Kyle and the crew back there for me uh, teasing them. But now we're ready. You can play the music. I hear the music. This is amazing. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. I'm sorry we were gone. We should have a much better cadence and regularity now that we are back. Final X is over. Kyle Bracke Shouldn't have to get married again. Although we'll get more to that on Friday.
0: After Fargo, we don't have we for like months.
1: Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't have anything for a while. So we're going to be here, and we're not even going to Fargo. Yeah. Um, we're 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 not going to Fargo. We're going to far stay. Far stay. Right here in Austin, Texas. So thank you, thank you to Asics, thanks to Willie Sailor, and um, safe travels, buddy. And we will see you in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, and we will see you guys on Friday. Thanks.